Welcome back to You're Hired, the podcast brought to you by the Bastion Family Center for Career Success. My name is Roman. I'm Matthew Durdle. And today we're here with Natalie Harburg, the Associate Professor of Physics here at Knox College. And first of all, could you introduce yourself and maybe tell us about what you do here at Knox and any special interests you have? Yeah, um, my name is Natalie Harburg, and um, I teach physics and astronomy here at Knox College. Um, I also uh, am in charge right now of helping uh, set up and get the observatory running, which we just got uh, started here um, at Knox. And um, as far as a special interest, I am uh, my PhD is in astronomy. So, uh, and as far as teaching physics, my my main focus is uh, in astronomy. My research interests are here in astronomy. Uh, in extragalactic astronomy specifically. Uh, and other than, other than that, uh, I have interest in, in music. So, so outside of uh, physics and astronomy, I have a lot of uh, interest in music. Cool. Um, so am I correct in thinking that you actually attended Knox as a student? Uh, I did. I did. I did attend Knox as a student. I, uh, I'm a Knox alum. I graduated in 2006. So I went to Knox from 2002 to 2006. Could I ask you maybe how you decided on going to Knox as a student? Oh, uh, sure, sure. Uh, so music actually had to do with uh, how I decided to go to Knox somewhat. I, uh, I'm from Illinois uh, originally. I grew up in a, in a small town na- uh, called Walnut, Illinois. It's a, a really small town kind of between here and Chicago. And uh, I swore I was going to get out of Illinois um, when I was when I was... For, for the first 18 years of my life. Um, and, and I didn't, obviously. Uh, I, uh, I, I applied to Knox because I had a teacher in high school, um, an English teacher who, whose, whose daughters went to Knox and she, she encouraged me to apply there or apply here. And I, um, and I did. And then when, when I got in, I, uh, I came to visit and, and really, really enjoyed and really enjoyed my visit. And then um, it, it wasn't even necessarily my visit that really pulled me here. I, I came I came to Knox uh, for for a concert. I was it, it was it, it wasn't a Knox sponsored concert. It was a somebody that went to Knox that had bands playing on campus. Um, and I uh it was called the it was called Galesburg Hardcore Fest. It was a bunch of like punk and hardcore bands, and uh, and I just happened to to go because there were bands playing I liked, and hanging out on Knox's campus uh, as a I, I was this was like I was I guess I was seventeen, um, so I was like a potential student then, but not you know I wasn't even that serious about it then. I, like I, I got to see sort of the way students behaved on campus, the sort of like diversity of students, um, the sort of just the fact that students like hang out outside and that, you know, the way they interact with each other. And it, it was like the first time that I felt like I want to be here. Like, this is a place I want to be. Um, and and it really like drew me drew me in. And um, when I was visiting colleges and trying to consider where I wanted to go, I kept remembering that time I, I was at Knox and thinking like, that's what I want. I, w- I want to feel the way I felt then when I was, when I was at that, you know, it was the, at this concert, but I was like, that's, that's how I want to feel in college. And it kept drawing me back toward Knox. Um, so it was really the, the social life, the people, the, um, 
the sort of interactions that Knox has. Um, and it made me feel welcome. Uh, I felt like Knox was a really welcoming place for me. Um, I felt very confused when I was young. Uh, and it, it felt like a place that would let me be confused, uh, and let me sort of find myself. And, um, and it did, uh, you know, I thought I wanted to go in physics, which is what I ended up majoring in, but it, it sort of let me be confused and figure that out for myself. Um, and, and that was like the kind of stuff that really drew me toward Knox was that, that sort of openness that, that Knox offered me. You know, that, uh, that sounds remarkably similar to my college search <laughs> and how I ended up here at Knox um, because I wasn't, I, I was connected more with the choir and it was like a choir rehearsal I went and saw. And that was kind of when it, when it all kind of clicked together. Um, but it, I mean, that's, that's remarkably similar. And now, now I'm wondering, um, I know you went to college then after Knox, and I'm wondering if you can give me a, a maybe a glimpse into my own future and tell me how you went about that search. So, so yeah, actually, uh, my 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 search for graduate school was not um, that remarkably different in some senses. I um, when I uh, when I applied for graduate schools, I I found myself also feeling unsure. Uh, I I was much more sure of what I wanted to do. Um, I, I knew I wanted to go to graduate school in astronomy. Um, so the, the, the feeling of sort of what do academically what I wanted was less, was less uncertain. Um, you know, uh, that was, I felt much more certain of where I, what I wanted academically. And so sort of which schools I was choosing in that sense was, um, was more limited um, but I did get into a few different graduate schools and still had this, this feeling of what do I, what do I do? What do I, how do I choose what I want? I'm still laying out several years of my life and, and, and in, in many ways, many more years of my life, uh, than I spent more time in graduate school than I did at Knox. Um, and, uh, and I actually got into graduate schools, uh, like the, the last school I got into was like the day before I had to make my decision. So I had like one day to make a decision. Um, whereas for college I had weeks that, you know, to talk to my parents and decide. Um, and, and I made the decision similarly. I was, uh, I was in at, uh, Boston university, um, university of California, Riverside, and, um, then got into Indiana university, Bloomington, which is, which is where I went and made the decision similarly because I had, visited Boston and Riverside and the the feelings of the colleges were sort of where I was basing that off of um and then got into Bloomington didn't have a chance to visit but had been there um been to Bloomington as uh just to visit as actually for for band stuff for for stuff that had to do with bands and concerts and uh liked the city of Bloomington the best and thought that's the one I can live in. Uh, uh, and, and, and thought, well, I don't know what to do. I, I called and was talking on the phone about the programs and thought, you know, uh, all the programs had things I could potentially see myself in and picked the one I could live in. Um, you know, and that's how I kind of, I kind of had to go, this is the place I can live. This is the place I can, I can see myself. Um, and ended up choosing Bloomington um, for that reason. And the program there ended up being a really good program for me 
similar to how Knox ended up being a really good academic program for me. Um, not saying that you should always make your decisions based on uh, only your social life, uh, but but when faced with similar academic choices, I, I have found that um, you know where I fit in, where I fit in as a person, has been a, a really important a important guiding factor for me. Um, when I find that the academic the academic choices feel very all very compelling to me. Um, which has been a situation I've been in a, a few different times. Uh, as an undergraduate, I actually chose Knox over University of Chicago, uh, which is, you know, rank-wise, not what most people would do. But uh, but it was, again, because of the social life that I felt like I, I, I absolutely fit in better at Knox. So did you decide to start working as a professor at Knox because of your feeling and sort of knowing the place or did other factors lead into that decision? Well, well one of the factors was that the job was, was here that I had a job open. So um, it, I, I did take a job here when there's not been a lot of jobs available. Um, but, but, but certainly the reason that I came back, the reason that I was at all interested in coming back has, has largely been due to, to my feelings about Knox and, and what this place offers. I mean, it's, I, I think that the reason, and the reason that I've been compelled to stay, um, is maybe the more important comment there, uh, is that, that the, um, I do think that Knox offers, you know, uh, a lot to, to people that, that it, it offers a certain, a certain type of education that is, um, that goes beyond just what its academic rank is, uh, uh, that its education goes into what it, the, the sort of place that it offers and the sort of place that it, what, what it offers for the people that fit in that type of place. Um, the, the, you know, sort of uniqueness of the place and, and the people that are in this place and the type of education that, 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 that offers and the sort of uniqueness of the person that comes out of that education as well. Um, I think that, that, you know, uh, that, that makes me want to stay here. It makes the, it makes, um, what Knox has to, has to offer something that's very, sort of very unique and special. And, um, there are a lot of institutions that have similar academic rank and offer something that can be kind of similar academically, but the reason that students choose a place and the reason that students can fit in and make it through college isn't just about what you get in the classroom. It's about like so much more. And I think that the faculty are a piece of that as well. They have to do with, you know, how the, the environment of a place, the feeling of a place and Knox is something I want to be a part of in that sense. Um, Jumping back to um, your graduate school experience, I'm wondering as you were going through Knox, how did you decide that that was the right path for you? And like, when did that all really click together in your mind? Uh, so, so honestly, you know, I'm somebody who's uh, like, my, my dad went to graduate school um, and is actually, he's, he's um, ABD. He, he did all his, he's everything but his dissertation, all but dissertation. Um, he doesn't have a PhD, but he, he did all the work for it. Um, so I've, I've been exposed to the concept of graduate school since I was young, um, because I've known that about my father for most of my life. Um, uh, however, even though that's true, I, I didn't really think about graduate school beyond the level that I think most people do in the sense that like being a doctor would be cool. 
you know, like, yeah, I want to be Dr. Harburg. Uh, you know, like I kind of thought about it at that level. Uh, but I, I didn't really think about it probably until the end of my junior year, um, where, when I started to think, oh, I, I'm going to graduate and like, I have to do something with my life. Uh, you know, like when, when the end of college started becoming a reality um, is when I first started thinking about it because everyone starts thinking, oh, I got to start getting an internship or getting a job or, you know, people start looking at those things. And, um, and I was becoming really serious about wanting to do astronomy. And, and I was like, well, how do I do astronomy now? Like, what, what does that mean? What do I do? Uh, uh, and that was just, it was the kind of, what do I do hitting me? Um, and, and at that point, uh, uh, that was when I realized, well, I guess what you do is more school. That, that was the, the answer suddenly dawned on me that more school was the answer. Um, and, and that I have to apply for that now. I have to start doing this. And I sort of, you know, it sort of was all kind of just dawning on me that this is what, what I need to do. And, um, and so, so it really kind of hit me, you know, like a ton of bricks that I had to to start taking this seriously and doing the next steps and doing the next thing, which was, um, taking a GRE and, and getting ready, um, and moving forward. And that was the time when I started saving notes from classes, you know, previous to that, when a class ended, I would, you know, I would celebrate its ending and like throw my notes away. You know, it was like class is over, I'm done. Um, and, uh, and I started realizing that, well, that's not good. I might need these. Uh, and I started, you know, the end of my junior year is when I started saving notes because I thought I might need to study these later um, and preparing for for the GRE thinking forward uh, about, about a future and um, talking to some people about, about, about graduate school. I also was friends with a few seniors that were looking at graduate school. So that's when I started kind of having a couple people that I knew that were in that position. Um, but it really wasn't until that time that I thought about it seriously. And, um, and that was, it, it, I mean, for what it's worth, I, I was a student that was, you know, I said I was a, I was a confused young student and that, that confusion lasted me for a couple of years. I didn't, I, I didn't come in, uh, I think a lot of people have a picture of a faculty member in their head that they came in, you know, you come in ready to go your freshman year, knowing that you're going to be a professor from day one. Uh, but that was not me. I came, I came into college confused and bumbling and messing up. Uh, <laughs> and stumbled my way through my first two years uh and and figured it out by my junior year that was when I was figuring it out and that's also when I started to think about about life after college and started to you know put together that there's there's there can be more school and that's when I started to focus on on looking at that um which was really during the end of my junior year yeah so earlier you mentioned how like wanting to do more astrology for you meant getting uh, going into graduate school or graduate university. And I was wondering if you could talk about like doing astronomy now at Knox. And I remember I took a class with you last term and you talked about building, you know, the telescope and the observatory a lot. And I wanted to like 
maybe ask a little bit about that and just see if you had anything like interesting that you had plans for the telescope or things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So when, when I was first here, we didn't really have much, much that we were doing with astronomy when I was here as a, as a student. Um, but, but since I've been back here as a, as a faculty member, we've, uh, we've instituted the astronomy minor and, um, and, and so you can go into an astronomy program with just a, a background in physics, which is what I did. Um, I had taken a couple, like an astrophysics course um, when I was a student, but now we offer two different astrophysics courses um, as well as an observational astronomy course. So we offer a lot more in, um, in, in intro- introductory astronomy as well. We offer a lot more in, um, in astronomy than we used to. Uh, so we've really broadened our astronomy offerings with and that, that uh, constitutes an astronomy minor with some uh, other physics offerings. Um, and that, uh, that, that really prepares somebody for going into astronomy much more now. Um, uh, if you wanted to go into like an astronomy graduate program, uh, we have a very good sort of setup for that. Uh, and, and now we have just, uh, in the summer, in the past summer, we built a new dome on the roof of SMAC. And then in January, we installed a new 17 inch uh, plane wave telescope in there. And, uh, we have been since January, uh, working on getting the instruments put on it and getting it all set up and ready to go. And it is now operational. So we gotta, we have it under computer control and have it operational. We have basically been waiting for the sort of for the right timing to get a, an, an opening event for it been largely held back by the pandemic. Uh, but we will be in May doing a um, we will be doing a live streamed alumni event with alumni relations. We'll be doing a live stream alumni event, and we're going to start doing live stream events. We're starting some with uh, with my classes right now. We've been starting some live stream observing events. Mostly, we've been practicing. It's actually really hard to get good live stream events. Uh, anyone that's done live videos knows how hard it is to sort of manage between cameras and screens and can't other cameras and other screens. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're trying to get this all, all, all set up and, and running well. Uh, but, but we're, we're planning to do live, live events from the telescope. Um, and, and as soon as we can start offering some, some observer, some, some nighttime observing events, so we have this new new observatory that is really ready to go and um, just looking for the ability to be opened uh, to, to the campus when we get a chance. Um, and is largely just held back by by restrictions on the amount of people we can have. It's a it's it's, it's kind of an enclosed space. Uh, so we're in it, it, and we don't have um, it's an enclosed space and it, it's, it's hard to actually get to the eyepiece. Uh, you have to get on a ladder and stuff right now, so we're we're just not fully in its in its opening state, um, but but we're getting there. Um, so we have this beautiful new telescope and can do some really really neat things with it, and are really have been opening up the ability to do astronomy from uh, Knox's campus as well as astronomy research, um, which will have some opportunities for students uh, now that we have this new telescope. Very cool. I'm I'm also curious about. Um... I recently got an email about collaborative projects over the summer, and there is uh, one that you're working on, I believe, called Visualization of Sound. 
Yeah. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's a project I'm working on this summer that's a visualization of sound and sonification of light. That's a, a project uh, using several different um, several different tools that we that um, I've worked with um, with a lab coordinator and a shop assistant that we that we have on staff. Uh, Philip Griffin and I have um, built uh, uh, several different several different tools that have already been built and then some that we have uh, pr- pl- proposals to, or plans to build um, where you can visualize sound in different ways um, using uh, oscilloscopes uh, as well as uh, a Rubens tube, which is a way that you can um, actually shoot flame out of little, um, little holes in a tube. Um, and you can do it, uh, based on the sound waves uh, through the tube. Um, other ones using Tesla coils to uh, discharge based on um, on sound waves. Um, and a couple other a couple other visualization of sound uh, tools that we have. And then um, and then sonification of light, which is the the opposite, which is when you have uh, something like a light wave, which lights a wave phenomena as well. And you can take that light wave and turn the wave of light uh, in, in, into a sound wave and then use the wave phenomena of light for sound. So something like uh, if you have a wave of light that's changing in some way, you then put that into a sound wave that's changing in that way. So you imagine like hearing what the light's doing. Um, and these are these are projects where you, you sort of uh, use the wave phenomena of light and sound in different ways and um, play around with the difference between seeing and hearing. And um, we, we want to do a couple different projects with, with music and doing this um, on sort of seeing and hearing music and um, perhaps uh, involve uh, some cross-disciplinary things with some music students and some physics students uh, on some performance of music and different ways that you can perform music with light or uh, use light to, you know, like I said, like hear light. And what what does light sound like if you if you sonify it? Um, so so this is the sort of uh, idea we're going with with this project and different ways to use these tools um, to either perform music as light or um, to sort of look at what light listen to what light sounds like. I guess would be the right way to say that um, and investigate the different ways that we can we can learn from that. Um, yeah. So I just want to. Um make it clear that this is an opportunity for people outside of the physics major. This is, this is an opportunity for music majors and other things. Um, because if I'm right, you're going to have potentially some music majors um, even compose music yeah. be performed. Yeah, I mean the basic the basic physics knowledge that's needed. So this could be uh, chemistry majors or some chemistry parts that come into this as well. Um, the basic level of knowledge that's needed of physics is just knowledge of waves. Um, the 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 physics like uh, physics background that's needed is pretty is pretty simple. It's um, it's mostly waves uh, and um, how waves work. And that um, knowledge can a be picked up all be picked up during the project to a certain extent, and um, wave wave physics is learned in lots of different fields. I mean, wave physics is learned by musicians, um, it's learned by chemists uh, largely, it's learned by people in different fields. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, 
I mean, psychologists learn about waves a lot of times. You learn about waves in all kinds of different fields for different reasons. And, um, and, and that's really where the physics is going to be being used is, is, is wave physics. So, um, so while we're going to be doing some physics, it, it really is a cross-disciplinary project where we'll need people from different fields to be doing different things like, like composing, um, because we want to, we want to see some music performed on these and, um, and uh, we need some people with some knowledge of music as well, not just knowledge of how waves work. And it's uh, these are these are team projects where we're going to have up to six students working together on these projects. So not every student needs to be an expert in physics working on them. I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights about graduate school and also about the new and exciting things that are happening at Knox that you're involved with. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. That was Natalie Harburg, Associate Professor of Physics here at Knox College. Stay on the lookout for future live streams from the observatory at Knox College Observatory on Instagram. This has been Your Hired with Roman. Matthew. Thanks for listening.